Would you pray with me, please? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this week in the mail, you hopefully received your stewardship letter asking you to consider your level of support for Montview next year in preparation for Stewardship Sunday, next Sunday. Included in that letter was another letter, also a stewardship letter, addressed to a Montview member named Mr. Tipton, who lived in Park Hill in 1945. That letter described how, with World War II just ending, Montview was in a position to, quote, be a great influence for spiritual guidance in these trying times of readjustment. Knowing something about readjustment ourselves, when I first read that letter, I was struck by how it could have been written today. Montview was then, as it is now, emerging from a world crisis still strong and vibrant. Montview was then, as it is now, a looked-to leader in the community that was more needed than ever. But what captured my attention the most was actually not the content of that letter, but where the letter was found. It was discovered this past year by the current residents of Mr. Tipton's home in a wall, apparently having been stuffed in there to be used as insulation. <laughs> One does hope the obviously frugal Mr. Tipton at least shared a bit of the savings from his heating bill with his church. <laughs> Even if he didn't, I'm grateful for Mr. Tipton because his creative use of his letter got me thinking about insulation in some new ways. I discovered, for example, that that word comes from the Latin insulatus, which literally means to make an island. You can hear it in the word insulation. Or as another definition put it, to be, it is to insulate something is to be detached from one's surroundings. So in Mr. Tipton's case, insulation detached his home from the surrounding cold outside. Right? It created a warm, cozy island of sorts. And that got me thinking about all the other ways that we insulate ourselves in our world how we create political islands that never speak to one another, how we have social islands where everyone looks and acts and thinks the same way we do. I thought about how those of us with the means to do so so often detach ourselves from the uglier and harder parts of our world. I thought about how spending so much time in our cars and on our phones detaches us from a felt sense of the physical world around us. And how the internet and social media are funneling us onto digitized islands of opinion on everything from what shoes to buy 
and what candidate to support. And thanks to Mr. Tipton, I began wondering about our role at Montview in overcoming those insulating and isolating trends. It is significant, I think, that Jesus was so often criticized for the company that he kept. Then, as now, daring to step out of the bubbles and off of the islands of us versus them was not only hard, it came at a cost. And yet again and again, Jesus defied societal norms and crossed lines that others wouldn't. Our scripture this morning is a perfect example. Such an easily overlooked moment when Jesus walking along calls Matthew, a despised tax collector, to be part of his inner circle of closest companions. Think about that. And at dinner that night, the text says there were many other tax collectors and, quote, sinners eating with the disciples. Think about that. I'm not sure we appreciate just what a motley crew Jesus hung out with. Throughout the Gospels, he is accused of befriending drunkards, sinners, foreigners, the untouchable, the despised. In that ninth chapter alone, from which we read in Matthew's Gospel, besides calling Matthew, Jesus heals a paralyzed man revives the daughter of an unnamed leader in the community, heals a woman who would have been considered unclean at the time for hemorrhaging blood. He gave sight to two blind men and cast out a demon from another, probably a reference to someone with mental illness. And maybe even more telling is that the Gospels are also full of examples of Jesus connecting with the powerful and the privileged. He ate with influential Pharisees. He had wealthy patrons among his followers. He preached in the synagogue. He healed a Roman centurion's servant. And I think we all know, regardless of what camp we are in, left or right, conservative or liberal, the price we can pay by just suggesting that the other side might not be so awful. But Jesus was an equal opportunity offender and befriender. An equal opportunity offender and befriender. When we picture Jesus, we often think of him as Jesus the great teacher or, or Jesus the king of heaven or, or Jesus the healer. I'd like to add another image. Jesus the great de-insulator. And yes, I just made up that word. <laughs> and no, it is not as majestic as the other titles are. But Jesus' willingness to cross social boundaries and make connections with the most unlikely of people is at the core of his ministry. In short, he was not good at staying on his island. He did not and would not insulate himself. And if de-insulation was so important to Jesus, it should be important to us. We, the church, the body of Christ, 
should have among our core values to get out of our bubbles and off of our islands. And that is something that makes me very proud of this church. Because we don't do it perfectly and we have much to learn, but I know that this church values that. Here's a few examples just from the last two or three weeks to help us get out of our political bubbles. We brought in the authors of the State Blue Book, that that incredibly helpful analysis of both sides of issues. We invited Braver Angels, an organization dedicated to depolarizing politics by helping us learn how to talk to people who think differently than we do. To help us out of our ethnic bubbles and to fight racism, we have had forums on our reparations royalty program. We heard stories from three former refugees to this country from Africa. And of course, this past weekend with Dr. Jamar Tisby, lit not a spark, but a fire under our anti-racism work. To take little steps out of our economic and our class islands, we had the chance in recent weeks to bag beans and rice for Metro Caring. We're collecting right now items for Thanksgiving baskets for families at Stedman Elementary just up the road. And after today, today after church is the Seeds of South Sudan luncheon to which you are all invited. And as a final example, I'm going to point out how church is one of the few places, at least in my week, that's truly intergenerational. Age is another island that keeps us separate from one another. And I I am still reflecting on the story of, of Amy Slothauer that she told last Sunday in church about her son Elliot, age nine, getting a lesson in tying a bow tie from Peter Hulak, age older than nine, (laughs) right here on these steps. As Amy said, it was so meaningful to have grown-ups who don't really know her son notice her son. Church makes that possible. I suspect that made Elliot's day. I am quite sure it made Pete Hulak's day. And these are all examples of this church doing the de-insulating work that Jesus calls us to. And while I am the first to say we could do it better, I'll also say that I know very few places where this kind of thing happens so consistently in so many different ways among so many different people. There are forces in our world today happy to create islands of us versus them. And we know that those islands breed mistrust and fear. And we know that fear and mistrust breed hatred and violence. And we know it can't continue this way. Which brings me back to that letter. Not Mr. Tipton's, but yours the letter you received asking for your support of this church to support what it stands for and what it's trying to stand for. You have a choice about which organizations you give your money to.
And those choices reflect your values. So if you believe that finding a way out of our bubbles and off of our islands matters, and if you believe that this church is trying to do that important work, then please, before making use of whatever insulating properties there may be in the letter that you received, consider the many de-insulating ministries made possible by your generous response to that letter. Thanks be to God.